Zach, welcome to uh, Open Box Productions. Uh, I'm your host, Kareem Alkuli. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Zach, Zach Abdulbaki, and I'm a writer, director, producer. Uh, get closer to, yeah. the, yeah, to the mic. Uh, how do you say your last name? Abdulbaki. Abdulbaki? Yeah. yeah. I'm going to have trouble saying that. <laughs> Sorry. No worries. It's the same, I think, like my last name, Alkuli. Alkuli, yeah. Some people say Akahuli. Akahuli. <laughs> Are you born here? Or I was born in Arizona, and oh. then I lived in Texas for a little bit as a kid, and then I moved to Dubai when I was eight. Mm -hmm. I lived there most of my life till I was 18, then I moved here to Orange County for college. That's a big, uh, like, yeah, is that like Arizona? Then <laughs> I usually tell people from Dubai, just because oh, okay. I was there the longest. Long, long? Yeah. What, um, which, what was the reason why your parents were in uh, Arizona? Well... My mom was born in the States, and they thought that it would be, like, good for us to live here when we were young, you know, more opportunities here, because yeah. my dad is from Syria, and... Same, same, same. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, um, but, you know, after a few years of living there, they, my dad wanted to make a business, right. and it was, there were, there were, at the time, there were more opportunities in Dubai, so that's why he moved us all there. So it was more uh, the American dream. That's why the reason you guys come down here. That's obvious. Yeah. Um, and you are, we met on your set. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, we just shot a movie in October. It's called Down in the Mexicali. You can follow it on Instagram if you want to stay updated with it. Um, yeah, you were the sound mixer sound. Mm -hmm. for, for part of the shoot. And... Uh, you did an amazing job. Oh, thank you. <laughs> a little relief. I was sweating in the inside. I was like, oh, shit, is the audio that bad? Oh. <laughs> no, it was great. It was actually, uh, that scene probably had the best audio. Oh, nice. And it's still coming out. It's going to come out in May. Um, Let me know but, if you need ADR yeah. for that. ADR. Yes, I probably will, and I'll probably bring the actors down here for oh, that. Oh, yes. yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Um, and so you go to Chapman University. <laughs> so uh, is that the only school you applied, or did you apply, where else did you apply? I applied to a bunch of schools. The one I really wanted was NYU, but honestly... Oh, really? Yeah. Why? Well, because I really, at the time, loved theater and Broadway, and I kind of wanted to do film writing as well as writing theater and plays. Mm -hmm. But honestly, ever since then, I've gotten more into movies and directing and producing movies. Right. So I think it's probably better for me to be in Orange County slash L.A. Mm -hmm. So I think everything kind of worked out fine. Do you have a, you know, after graduation, I'm assuming you would go move to L.A.? Is that the plan? Yeah, that's probably the plan. I might uh, move in with a couple of my friends, get an apartment in Hollywood, L.A., Burbank area. How long have you, how long do you have left for Chapman University? Just one more semester until oh, May. Wow. Yeah, it's getting coming real. up. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. What was your uh, admissions uh, prompt for Chapman? For screenwriting, they don't even need you to write a script. Um, at the time, at least, it was just write a two-page short story. And I wrote a little two-page horror comedy yeah. type of story and just submitted that. But I was surprised because a lot of the screenwriters, when I got here, they didn't even know how to use Final Draft or the screenwriting software. And I was like, they made it They made it easy. It was more about like the creativity and storytelling, not just the best script mm -hmm. and then um what now what brought you into the film industry like why did you want to do this well when i was like five years old i really wanted to be an actor 
And then my mom was like, no, no. <laughs> not and then I was like, okay, fine, I'm going to be a director. Because I used to like watch Tom and Jerry cartoons right. and Looney Tunes. And I would always see that like the different directors of every single era of Tom and Jerry had different styles. Mm -hmm. Like Chuck Jones had a style and Hanna-Barbera had a style and... Uh, like Gene Deitch had a different style, so I was like, okay, I think like there are people who make this stuff and yeah. they have their own way of doing it. So I thought like I'll be a director. I didn't know what it meant until uh -huh. I was like 11, 12, and then I started making movies and I figured out I really like screenwriting the most probably. Okay. So that's what I chose as my major, but today I like yeah. writing, directing, and producing all. Writing, directing, and producing, yeah. I mean, that's pretty much everybody nowadays. Pretty much everybody. <laughs> just trying to get your foot into the door. Have you done any outside work other than Chapman? Not really. I mean, well, all the movies I've made are independent because okay. in Chapman, you just, I mean, for screenwriters, they don't really have to make any movies. So all the movies that I've done have been independent. Mm -hmm. I think uh, it's fair to say I've done two movies that I think I'm really proud of. And one of them is the one you worked on. Uh -huh. So, yeah, but I haven't done any, like... Uh, freelance work now t now was it did you was it self-funded or was this okay so talk about that how, how did you deal with that like you know because this is this podcast is mainly for you know beginning uh what is it beginning filmmakers yeah. so you know talk about how the you know how you the struggles what you had to do what you, how, you know how much money you had to save and all that kind of stuff oh yeah for the first one i did or at least the first bigger one i did um it was a whodunit comedy and uh, I wrote the whole thing to be filmed in my apartment, mm -hmm. so locations were easy. I knew producing it wasn't going to be a huge challenge, other than getting the cast and the crew and stuff, which right. at the time was a challenge because I hadn't done it yet. And it was completely self-financed. I mean, my parents pretty much paid for it all, to be very honest. Okay. Um, and it wasn't that expensive. I mean, we probably spent like three to 5000 on it. Okay. And for all the props and production design, I'm going to be frank with people. To, right. to, to, like, well, basically, the, you're yeah. telling them... Yeah. Ask their parents. Do this. <laughs> no, but like for props and stuff, we literally bought all the props. On, we I bought all the right. props on Amazon mm -hmm. and then used it and then returned it all. And you can even honestly do that for like some equipment here and there. Probably better not to. Sorry, just in Amazon. Case you, in case you break. Yeah, I mean, well, like, <laughs> Jeff Bezos has enough. <laughs> well, you know, it's you know, you know, yeah. talking about that. You know, it's so interesting that I I done a lot of PA work and it's yeah. so fascinating on how like they always have me go and return stuff. Yeah. Like I go like they go to they had me one time return like three hundred dollars worth of uh, of like of decorations and like well props you know for the um for a bedroom at mm -hmm. Target and I just went in there I'm like yeah. I want to return all these. Sorry. Literally, not. I mean, it's you do what you got to do at the beginning, you right? Know? I mean, we did that on the movie you worked on. It probably had like two thousand dollars of props that we just bought and oh, then wow. returned. Yeah, I mean, um, hope they don't shut down my account now. Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, we did that, and then honestly, for the movie that you worked on, half of it was financed by my parents, and then half of it I worked at a movie theater, made as much as I could over the summer. And part of what we did with Indiegogo, which okay. a lot of some of my family and friends all contributed to that, which was great. That helped. And, and Indiegogo, yeah. for those who don't know, it's like a GoFundMe yeah. page kind of, right? Yeah. yeah, you basically make a little trailer for like a little promo trailer for what the movie is going to be about. And then 
you like make some perks like benefits that people like little prizes people can get mm-hmm. if they donate to the movie and then you just promote it as much as you can and try to reach your goal so it's a it's helpful for people if they want to try that now did you do anything related to film in high school or does it was it just like oh like high school is just you know whatever and then i went to college and then that's what i wanted to do yeah, I was in the same high school from grade 2 to grade 12. Okay. And in Dubai, there's no public schools. It's all private schools. Okay. So I was in the cheap private school. <laughs> <laughs> and they had nothing. Oh. Nothing related to film, theater. Wait, in Dubai, they had nothing? N- nothing. In the nothing. schools, they had nothing? Nothing. I'm, so, I'm really hard to, I mean, like, it's just really surprising and hard to believe that because, like, now Dubai is just, like, like going crazy over media. Like, right now, like, if they have, like, they have a lot of people that go up there and, like, film and movies and all that kind of stuff. So I'm surprised that they don't have a program there. I mean, maybe is it an outside program probably? They probably have an outside program. I think it's just the richer schools have the stuff. I mean, like, by grade 9, my parents... asked me like if I want to switch to the American school that was better and more expensive but it was like 50,000 dirhams more per year per tuition which is like like 13 14 thousand dollars extra I said to save it for the film school because that's going to be expensive like in college so in high school there was nothing man it was all focused on stem like science math most of all the shit you don't need to use in the real world (laughs) (laughs) well yeah I mean if you're going to be if you're going to be like I knew I wanted to be a director from a young age so like I, I knew it was not really for me so I dropped all those classes and just stayed on like on like English and business Mm -hmm. and econ, which I think is kind of useful for producing. But no, really, I mean, it was all just me doing stuff by myself. My high school had nothing. I mean, that's the thing I didn't like about Dubai. I I love Dubai. It's a great city. I mean, it was... I want to go. Yeah, it was great for me and my family, but the school I hated. (laughs) (laughs) I I respect that. I mean, I I went to Cal State Long Beach and I I really hated that school. Like, I mean, sorry, Cal State Long Beach, but it's just the film program. Why didn't, I mean, there was just so much theory in that, you know, but it's just to an extent, you got to cut the theory and like do practical, like uh, write a script, make a film. I never made any films in, in Cal State Long Beach. We never wrote any scripts in Cal State Long Beach. All I did was write essays. And like, I mean, to a point, I can, Say like yes, writing an essay is helpful in in some way, but not all the time. You know what I mean? Got to make a portfolio. I mean, I'm assuming at, Cal- at Chapman, you guys are making a portfolio for yourselves, right? Yeah, I mean, not uh, not literally like making a portfolio, but everyone. All I mean, the thing that honestly, if there are any people in high school listening to us or whatever, yeah. like uh, my advice is. No one is going to force you to do anything, really. I mean, maybe, but, like, for me, my parents were never forcing me to, like, write scripts or make movies or anything. Uh And even in Chapman, I mean, yeah, you have your assignments in the classes you have to do, but it's more self-imposed for everyone. Like, personally, I don't have nearly as many scripts as my friends. Not nearly. But I have a lot of movies. Uh Like, I've made it a point that, like, I want to direct as many short films, each one bigger and better than the last one, right. until I can get to the point where I make an independent feature, and then go from there. So, but like a lot of my friends who aren't directing stuff, they have like five features in their back pocket. Wow. They're ready to go out into the world. I'm not that ready, yeah. but I have like a different path that yeah. I think I'm making for myself. As for like in high school, honestly, I I like studied as much as I could about film. Like I took. Remember Masterclass? Yeah. That, yeah, I took mm-hmm. all those, literally yeah. all of those. And, like, listened to, like, read books, like, all the screenwriting yeah. books and the directing books. And just practice as much as I could. But eventually you have to put down all the 
theory and all the all the books and podcasts. And no, you guys got to go do it. For that, it was everyday theory theory. We went from an, yeah. one guy then to another guy then to another guy. And I'm just like, no, we got to take a break from this, please. And then, no, but we never did. So, yeah. I was. But you mentioned that you like to read. So do you do you like to read on your spare time? Yeah, I mean, I like I, I listen to a lot of audiobooks because you know, driving all around LA, you go yeah. to pickups and stuff. You gotta you gotta have something in your ear mm-hmm. in the car, and uh, not music. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> music for short drives. But like, um, yeah, I listen to a lot of audiobooks. I mean, if anyone wants a good filmmaking book, I yeah. recommend Producer to Producer. It's Ooh. a great okay. producing book that has all the like now. the boring stuff that they don't talk about in classes, <laughs> like the like the logistical stuff, right? And like creating character arcs is a great writing book. Yeah, and they, those have audio versions as well. So yeah. before high school, I mean, when you're, were you starting to write more, or were you, like did you film more? What did you do as a you know younger younger age? Younger age, more just making stuff. Honestly, you know, remember vines? Yes. <laughs> I used to do a lot of vines. Really? Okay. Yeah, that was always really fun on Instagram because it was hard to get friends. To like commit oh, yeah. to something, you know. Oh yeah, that was so so tough. And I remember the very first script I ever read. I'm lucky enough that I actually have it like in my <laughs> Google Docs and whatever. But like, um, yeah, the first time I tried to write something and then make it, it went horrible because the my friends could not memorize anything, Edling. Yeah. anything, and it was very bad. It was like it was like about it was like it took place on April Fool's Day and they mm-hmm. were trying to do a prank and stuff. I realized after that, like, okay, I got to know who I'm working with. Write something with no dialogue, like nothing. <laughs> Just tell them, go here, do this, do that. Like each shot, split it up, uh-huh. no long takes. And that one went more well. That was probably like the first short film I made. So like was your, uh, I guess your friend like YouTube, like like making videos and then posting them on YouTube. Did you do that or no? Mm, yeah, kind of. Not until later did we put them on YouTube. We used to just put them on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like the new thing. And now it's TikTok for people, I'm sure. Oh but, yeah, TikTok. Um, Nowadays, yeah. but do, no, you, yeah. do you have a YouTube account or no? I do. It's just my name, Zach Abdulbaki. If they search on YouTube, they can watch of like all the films and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Sorry, as a producer and director and writer for your film, the one that I helped you work on, what was the the hardest part? Well, and what was the easiest part about you know making that uh, film? Yeah, easily the hardest part was producing it, getting all the locations mm-hmm. was a nightmare. Like I literally did so many jobs on that movie. I right. did the production design, writing, directing, producing. Producing was the hardest part. I mean, Wait, yeah. so I'm so sorry to interrupt, yeah. but I think that is also a key thing for people to learn that yeah. like when you're first starting out, you should actually try. I know it's hard and I, I deal with this all the time. Like I hate, I, hate, I, I all I want to do is direct. Mm-hmm. I want to be a director and I hate writing. I hate producing. I hate um, being the producer and uh, the, um, what's it called? The uh production coordinator just everything i just i don't want to do that i want everybody else to i want like to give tasks to people and then i just want to direct but unfortunately when you're starting out you got to do everything and then i think it's good for you as a person to understand each and every individual jobs so you know what goes around on set 100 percent. so um yeah that's that's crazy you guys filmed out in the desert, didn't you, for that film? Yes, that was a... How was actually, that? Actually, I loved that day, but it was, yeah, it was a challenge. Brutal. I mean, that location, I had to look so, for so many places. We were filming a border scene, like mm-hmm. they were at the Mexican border. Right. And I went through so, like, 
the thing is you you can find locations for pretty much anything mm-hmm. if it's if you have a budget of five thousand dollars <laughs> but if you're like if you're doing it cheap like us yeah i mean it was hard to get all those locations secure we filmed out in lancaster oh my and we're actually going there on saturday for a pickup <laughs> oh my god <laughs> well, not no pickup we planned it was yeah. like yeah, it was gonna be like a little driving montage oh. that we're oh man lancaster with a I mean, I've 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 driven a like a, a cubic truck, twenty four foot cubic wow. truck to Lancaster. Oh my God, that was a hell. And like, yeah. and then at the same time, my phone GPS froze, yeah. and I don't know where the set is because I'm using oh GPS. So I'm like, shit, hurry up, hurry up, <laughs> like connect back to the whatever satellite or whatever. But um, yeah. I mean, yeah, you're right. Like, people need, like, if they want to direct or they want to do one of these high-level jobs, they yeah. should try everything because there are some people like Paul Thomas Anderson. He loves cinematography. He does his own cinematography sometimes. Right. Coen brothers edit their own movies. Right. Like, there are a lot of directors who like doing more than one task. Like, for me, I love production design. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think I could do that for that and directing and writing for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could never do cinematography. Okay. I could never do editing. I mean, I think the most common... Have you done editing before? Yeah, like on iMovie, like for like some of my earlier movies. But I like working with an editor. I like sitting with them through the whole process. I don't just hand it to them and then go off and Mm -hmm. come back. Like... But I like collaborating with them that way. That's the key word that you said. I was going to yeah. just say that collaborating. You like to collaborate. You like to sit down with them and be like, okay, let's do this together and let's, you know, see how we can make this film happen. Yeah, and like the cinematographer who worked on the movie you were on, his name is Bruno Solis. I think I'll work with him forever. I mean, he's a great cinematographer. Uh-huh. And he just gets, we get each other, like we communicate well. See, and there's another key. You, yeah. Man, you're bringing a lot of key things into this where you yeah. first start networking, you connect, and then you find that one person that you really, you know, that you work well with each other. Like, for example, Steven Spielberg, I can't remember his uh, um, uh, cinematographer. Janusz Kaminski. Yeah, and then yeah. They, they actually are, he does all his films together with them, so it's, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the best thing that you can find, like, in, like, I'll be honest, with film school, yeah, it's so expensive. I mean, I've, you've heard, I'm sure people have heard people on YouTube say it's not worth it. Yeah. I think that, to an extent, it is overpriced, actually, it is overpriced. But the most valuable mm-hmm. thing I found is, like, the people who I like working with, because I never would have met these that's people. That's the issue way. is, yeah. that's the that's the dilemma, is that, you know, school's so expensive, You do you need film school or you don't need film school? The issue is not, is, like, the thing is, is you probably don't, I I don't think you need the degree. Mm-hmm. I don't think yeah, you need no, the pace of paper. So yeah. um, but you do need the relationships, and I think the relationships come with meeting people, you know, on film. But that's the thing that I I hate I, I hate to bash him for this, but Cassie Long Beach. That's the thing is that uh, that we that I didn't get to have a key thing in my school was to be able to make a film, see what these talented people can do, and then what we can do together, and then you know go our you know or go keep going t- until we get to Hollywood. But we never got to do that. But what's yeah. your, what's your favorite movie? Oh, my favorite movie is Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Oh. It's Steve Martin comedy. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's like the perfect like comedy, like road trip type buddy movie. I think it's hilarious. Did I have watch, a lot of favorite movies. Do you watch it like like when the Christmas season is during you know around? Do you watch it typically during that time? Yeah, it's like a, it takes place no, on Thanksgiving. Hard. So like on Thanksgiving, <laughs> I went to the Arrow Theater recently yeah. to watch it first time in a theater. Uh-huh. I've seen it a million times, and it's awesome. Like watching with a crowd is awesome. Oh, so you like going to the movie theaters? Oh yes, I'm. I, I go. I was there last night. Like, <laughs> movie theater last. What you see? The Final Girls at the New Beverly Cinema, thirty-five millimeter. The it was, Final Girls. Yeah, it's like a. It's like a 
slasher, mm-hmm. um, like a a nod to 80 slasher movies. Okay. Also has like kind of a heart. Mm-hmm. It, so it's like a sweet movie. Like it sucks that you couldn't find your collaborators in Fullerton, but like I was gonna or in Long Beach, sorry. Mm-hmm. But um, I was gonna say like for people who want to make their own movie, the thing that they gotta understand yeah. is like no one it really cares about your movie other than you. <laughs> no, serious. That's, that's true. The thing is like like I was trying to articulate like what was so hard about doing the movie yeah. you worked on, but like, um, it's just. Like, you're out there on your own trying to figure this out and mm-hmm. get everything together, figure out your whole to-do list. And it's stressful and it's scary and you feel like you don't want anyone... First thing, you don't want anyone to get hurt while doing your movie because there yeah. are always safety concerns. But also, you want to make sure that you have everything that you need in order to make it a good movie. Right. And at the end, even if you if the production goes well and it goes smoothly, like, you still don't know if it's going to be good until you're, like, done editing it. Right. So it's, like, very scary. It's like you have a flashlight in a dark hallway and you can only see so far ahead of you. But if you figure it out, then it, it's so worth it. And no, then in the future, true. yeah, you, I mean, like, same. I don't really want to do all the producerial work forever. I mean, right. I want to make a production company. I like producing other people's movies oh you do i don't like producing my own movies oh really <laughs> yeah that's i mean thing. actually i can see that i don't like producing my own movies either um i like directing and I, that's literally if i could if i could choose to be a, just a director and nothing else i would totally do that for the rest of my life yeah i mean and i mean it's like that's that's already a huge mm-hmm. job you yeah. don't need more than that on mm-hmm. your plate but i mean i do think that if someone does want to become a director they do kind of need to learn Every Learned other everything job's yeah, function. before yeah. yeah, so you understand the um, each person's uh, job. Um, back to the movie the- yeah. movie theater. So mm-hmm. so you don't like so you don't watch anything on online or do you? Not really. I mean, I I mean not. I did during COVID. Obviously, but yeah. like for me, if I have a choice between watching it in a theater or watching it on streaming, even if it's free on streaming like Netflix, I go to the theater. Like this Thursday, I'm going to go watch The Power of the Dog at the New Beverly Cinema on 35mm. Uh-huh. Everyone's talking about it, that I might win a bunch of Oscars, and I like watching all the award season movies. Even though it's like 45 minutes or an hour from right. my house, I'll go watch it just because I don't want to watch it on TV at home. It's not It's not the same. Yeah, do you uh, um, do you like watching the Oscars and the Grammys and or Emmys and... I don't watch the Grammys, the Emmys, but I've been watching the Oscars every year since I was 11. In oh. Dubai, it's on, it's at 5 a.m. or even like 4.30 a.m. Wow. The next morning on Monday, I used to wake up every single year to mm-hmm. watch it, spl- splash water on my face and watch it. And I used to miss school. I was absent every single year. And we, <laughs> damn, there's probably no parents. Record. No parents said yeah, go to school. Well, my mom knew how much I loved it, and she right. knew how much it meant to me. So she, that was the one thing is like they knew. I, I hated living in Dubai for so many years when I was a kid. I wanted mm-hmm. to be back in the states. Eventually, I got around to it, and I was right. fine with it. But like, like at first, I was like very upset that like I used to go to the movies and they would censor stuff. They used to cut out yeah. all the nudity and whatever. And the ratings was strict. It's not like here where you can easily mm-hmm. sneak into an rated movie and like the AMC. Right. Um, back there, it's like no, they have people at the door like checking IDs for anything like wow. and, and yeah and um but my mom always helped me like sneak into stuff <laughs> <laughs> oh my yeah. god good for good mom yeah she knew how much I loved so her. that means I'm assuming that means your mom is hoping for you to thank her when you receive your Oscar at, yeah. when you yeah when you receive your uh, um award at the Oscars <laughs> hopefully yeah. you have a long speech and you're looking at the crowd and you'll be like thank you mom 
Oh, I, yeah. There was a time where I was watching the Oscars with my mom, too, and I was telling her, um, should I thank you if I get an award, if I ever get an award one day at the Oscars? And she's like, no, don't thank me. Oh, wow. I was like, really? And then I told my sister that, and she's like, no, she wants you to thank her. Just thank her. <laughs> you know how moms are. You know how they can be. Yeah, it's a must. I mean, especially, like, to be honest, like, so many people from Dubai and that part of the world, like, yeah. their parents don't, you know, let them go and do something crazy like film or mm. anything. I mean, I told you, like, when I said I want to be an actor, they were, like, rolling their eyes. And yeah, I, so wh- yeah. Why, why why, did they hesitate on, on acting? I was five years old. I mean, honestly, that's the only thing you see on screen. You see the actors. Right. I wanted to be, like, Zac Efron in High School Musical. <laughs> <laughs> really? The, yeah, yeah. Did the, you like High School Musical? Oh, yeah, the second and the third one. I didn't like the first one. The second one and the third one. You don't really. Yeah. I didn't like the third one. I liked the first one and the second one. The second one is objectively the best story. I mean, the third one, in my opinion, had the best songs, but mm. the first one I thought was I don't know. I never. I, I, I got just, introduced in the second. I one. have the iconic, you know, just the two iconic parts. My favorite parts, I think, in the second one is is. Uh, um, Ashley Tisdale when she's singing Fabulous. <laughs> That's like my favorite part. And then of course Zac Efron when he's singing Bet on It. Oh yeah. Yeah, I really the like golf. the exact yeah, it's just, yeah. It, looking the in, in, the, <laughs> in water. the water. Yeah. It's <laughs> so reflection. funny. Um and then uh the first I thought the storyline for the first one was really good. Uh-huh. Um to be honest, two and three I didn't really get the stories. I just like I mean like I was just yeah. looking at, you know, the whole like everything, the fabulous and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's wow, that's interesting. Um, do you have a favorite uh, director? Easy, Quentin Tarantino. I know that's oh so cliche, yeah, but like he's the why? guy. Why? Because all of his movies are basically like a combination of everything he loves in culture and in life and uh-huh. part of himself. It's like a big Quentin smoothie. Right. And that's the same thing I do, except a lot of directors who love Quentin copy him. I don't <laughs> copy the things he loves, but I copy the method. Uh-huh. Of, and it's subconscious. I mean, I never... So the things that... Yeah. The method, so the things that you like, yeah. you know, culture and all that kind of stuff, you I try to add that into your films. I, I don't even try. It's honestly just so subconscious. Like, my favorite thing when I was a kid were the TV shows iCarly and Drake and Josh. Oh! I love those. I still sometimes rewatch those shows. I would love to try to get yeah. one of... One of the casts from any of those shows yeah. on this podcast. Oh yeah, I want to work with so many of them. Like Jerry Trainer is hilarious. He's one of my favorite actors. Dude, he's funny. Yeah, but like I think pretty much every movie I've made is like an R-rated Drake and Josh because I, <laughs> I also love R-rated comedies, like right. the Seth Rogen movies and the Jed Apatow movies. And I also love Quentin. So like they're like part of you can see mm-hmm. some like Quentin influence in my movies, but right. it's just like part of it. It's not me trying to copy, copy him. him. Yeah. I think nowadays most people try to copy other, other you know, directors too. I, I try to, I, I notice that too. When sometimes when I do my work, I'm like, okay, wait a minute. This seems a little bit, I'm trying to, I'm trying, I'm, it looks like I'm copying somebody else's work. I don't want to do that. But it's kind of hard because nowadays it's like, what is originality? I mean, yeah. is there, do you think there still is possibility for originality? Yes, I think that it's, it's tougher. It's always going to get tougher. Um, and, you know, I, I, this art form is so young. So imagine what it's going to be like 50 years from now. But I think yeah, I feel that like machines are going to take over. <laughs> yeah, but 
I think that like if you make a movie personal yeah. and you put yourself into it, there's no one in the world who's exactly like you. So mm-hmm. your experiences are gonna be unique in some way. It's hard to find new things to say with every movie. And you know, I'm making very silly comedies and and genre stuff, but and I love musicals as well. So like numb, I don't take my movies too seriously, but the story I do take seriously. Like mm-hmm. how can I make it unique to me in some way so how do you go upon developing you know a story like you know just one day do you just sit down and just start writing or do you like how does it how does it come to you i let ideas marinate for a while Mm -hmm. like i think i mean both the the two movies i've made the two bigger ones like those ideas marinated for a long time like the script i filmed recently that one i wrote back in 2019 Mm -hmm. and it evolved a lot it was initially just like a road trip comedy and slowly became more and more Mm -hmm. uh, personal um but I think that the thing and to be honest this is not a very organic way of writing but my first thing is like what's something i can write that i can make right that's the first thing because i've written lots of scripts that aren't shootable just for fun yeah but if i'm really gonna sit down and like take it seriously and try to make it perfect as perfect as possible i want to be able to make it so i do think about like what the execution is going to be and once i have that idea that's like unique original but also shootable then i start thinking about what are the different ways i'm going to tell the story in terms of the genre Mm -hmm. like is it going to be a comedy is it going to be horror is it going to be a musical what's it going to be and i go from there like and then it's like what's like who are the characters that's a big big important thing Mm -hmm. so now you mentioned drake and josh what's your uh, and icarly what's your two favorite episodes Ooh, okay so drake and josh my favorite episode is honor council which is yeah, the which, one where, where uh, Drake gets accused of putting Mrs. Hafer's car, car in her yeah. Yeah, and then Josh has to defend him, him in a trial. I love I you know the reason why I love that episode is because of the courtroom scene. Yes. And I love like I love courtroom scenes. Although they're not that's not exactly how a courtroom scene like TV courtroom scenes that that's not exactly how they happen in real life. Yeah. And it's just so I I try to look I try to watch a courtroom scene in real life and I try to watch the one on television. It's so entertaining on television and I'm just like why can't we just have it the exact same way but yeah. Uh, man, what about iCarly? Well, one thing on the Drake and Josh thing, like yeah. I actually wrote a movie that's a courtroom comedy that's uh-huh. kind of similar, but in college. Okay. And it's about a guy who gets accused of shaving the dean's cat. <laughs> it's like a hairless cat. Oh my god! And then his buddy has to defend him in the in like a in like a court in the in the college. College? Oh yeah, my god! So, I would love to see that. Yeah, <laughs> we might do that next year. Um, and for iCarly, I pie. The episode where uh, the, the pie shop owner dies. Going to, what was his name? Uh, uh, Galini's. Galini's, yeah. Pie. And then they have to find the recipe. And then what's his daughter's name? Or Trudy. Trudy. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. That's a good episode. Yeah. I love when he's like sitting on the date and then they're yeah. like, it's like, can we move to dessert? And he's like, no. <laughs> and she starts dragging him. <laughs> Did you ever watch Zoe 101? Yes, I watched all of that. Yeah. yeah that was also fun. I love that and Keenan and Kel and Victorious. I didn't, wa- I didn't watch that. Yeah, I love Victorious. Go. Victorious is hilarious. The first, the, it's, it, the early seasons are hilarious and then it got a little lame by the end, but like. I, th- I mean, I, I love them and and uh, yeah. I, I'm trying to see if I can get maybe Victoria's on the show. Oh, yeah, Victoria Justice's. Mm-hmm. I saw her in concert once Yeah. Um, with Big Time Rush, and she was awesome. Oh. I think she's a great actress. Yeah. Um, also, like, uh, Leon Thomas, who played oh, Andre yeah. from that show. He's uh-huh. also really funny. I like, oh, no, you're fine. I like uh, um, Ariana Grande. <laughs> she's, uh, yeah, she was funny in Don't Look Up. 
Oh my god, you saw that movie? Yeah, I love that movie. What, what, do you th- what, what did you think about it? I thought it was hilarious. I saw it in a preview screening back in August when they were still editing the movie. Oh, wow. And I like went head over heels for it. It was so great because I was like a big audience because mm-hmm. it was all sold out and everyone was laughing with it. And then I saw it again in theaters before it went on Netflix. And because I wanted to see it with the audience, it was kind of empty that day. But right. then I, I saw New Year's Eve as well with my friend and his parents. And we timed it so that, spoiler for Don't Look Up, the comet would strike right at midnight. midnight? <laughs> oh my God. So you did the exact same thing that if you were if you were to watch uh, uh, Endgame yeah. at nine twenty, right? Is it or nine twelve? I think so. Yeah. And then yeah, and then at the snap of Robert, yeah, of Iron Man, it would uh, be a New Year's Eve. I saw some people do that on like uh, on Instagram. That was yeah. pretty cool. That was one of my favorite movies of the year. I love to don't look. So do you like that? Are you a fan of the director? Adam McKay? Yes. Big time. I, I like his vice. Vice yes. was so good. The last 10 minutes of vice with that mu- musical score by Nick Patel. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Yeah. That yes. should have won best musical score that year. Oh my God. That, that was yeah. such a good movie. And then, you know, the editor was yeah, Hank, Hank Corwin. Yeah. Hank Corwin. I was, uh, um, I was in class. Actually, I was in Orange Coast College, mm-hmm. and I heard it's, uh, my professor tell us a story about that dire- about that editor, and he would um, always edit commercials. But every time he would uh, do commercials, he would always send them five different uh, edits of the commercial, mm-hmm. and they they all got confused. Like like the or agency that he was working for at the time, they're like, "Why are you giving us five edits? We only need one." He's like, "No, no, no. I give you guys." like five different edits so it has you know just different meetings each i mean it's the same commercial but it's just different edits of that of that commercial and i thought that was like very interesting because we've always been trained at least for me i've always been trained that like i i work on a movie i work on a whatever and you edit it one way you edit it just you you know just just edit the movie as you're supposed to do editing and then you export it and then you're done that's it movie's done but you know who to think. I mean, unless I'm wrong, unless you have that idea of like, hey, let's come back and let's, you know, let's edit it into another movie, into a different feel, make it, you know, more, uh, I don't know, different. Well, yeah, I think that's a great, um, I think that's a sign of a very creative person. And I, I we like when I make a movie, I love it when my actors, for example, give yeah. me different options. That's the thing I love mm-hmm. is, you know, multiple choice exams are always easier than written exams. <laughs> right. So when people give you multiple options, that's amazing. I mean, for me, like, even when we edit, like, when I edit my movies, like, I always do, like, little test screenings, mm-hmm. like, little preview screenings with people and test out the jokes and see what's funny and what's working. Right. And we do lots of improv on our movies, so mm-hmm. we always have different options for different jokes. And, yeah, I mean, it's always great to try stuff out. I mean, he's, he probably, we all wanted to give him five different options. Right. That's smart. Did you ever try doing acting in the beginning or no did you just immediately like you said that one time and then parents were like no and then you just went into directing and writing or did you ever try it well i try i mean not really i because no one i knew was making movies or there was no theater department in my school i would have tried it um i i like studied acting as much as like not formally but like on the master classes yeah and like the like all the different sam jackson one is a really good one and I just read about it as much as I could in different books to learn it so that I could direct people well. But, um, no, I never really tried it formally. I did. I acted in some of them, and I still do, like, act in some of my friends' movies if they, like, like little, like, home movies if right. they want me to. I've never acted in, like, a real movie. And I always do, like, little cameos in my own movies <laughs> just for fun. And Alfred Hitchcock? Yeah, I like that. <laughs> do you ever do, do you like his style, his movies? Alfred Hitchcock? I do like his movies. Yeah. I love Vertigo. 
I think oh, that's a great murder. one. I, have the poster I like uh, Dial M for a murder. I haven't seen that one. That's Dude, on my watch that's list. That's a fucking good yeah, one. I, I love it. I, I don't, you know, those, those movies are just, I feel like they're so simple and easy. Like, But at the same time, it's just like, how do you just recreate that, you know, in your own way? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. those, are, those are crazy. Uh, I mentioned, you know, if you like to read, what kind of books do you like to read? Well, honestly, I don't read too many fiction books. Okay. I, Other than the audio. I know you mentioned the yeah, audio. Yeah. Like, I read, honestly, it's kind of boring, but I read a lot of, like, filmmaking books and, like, stuff that I... You know what I loved recently was yeah. the novelization of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That was <laughs> solid. It was really, really good. I actually got the book... Um, Zorro and Django. I did. I, the comic I that book. Too. I got the comic yeah. book. I haven't read it yet. I was going to read it during the pandemic, but I just never got to it. But I have it, and I want to read that so bad because they're making it right now. They are? Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. yeah, I loved that, so mm-hmm. that'll be awesome. But, um, yeah, I also read the Django comic. It was kind of just the same as the movie, but the Django Zorro one was amazing. Mm-hmm. And the novelization of Hollywood was great. And I even started writing a novelization of the movie that I made. Oh, my God. <laughs> just for fun. Yeah. And it was, like, really nice. Like, mm-hmm. it was nice to, like, write something that wasn't just in script format. So That's that's yeah. amazing. That's awesome. Um, regarding the your movie. Yeah. Or is there times where you were like, like you were like, you know, I mentioned like worse and like bad things about, but like, was there times where you're just like on set and you're just like, what am I doing? Like, or is this, am I, am I going the right way? Am I, am I doing this correctly? Did you ever overthink or, you know, come, you know, stop your, you know, just ask yourself, am I doing this the right way or no? Yeah, that definitely happened on the last movie I did. Okay. Because I had a conflict with my cinematographer. And that was something where in the moment I was angry about it and just like was ready for the movie to be over. That mm-hmm. was like the day before the last day of shooting. We then patched it up and it was fine. We buried the hatchet and it was all good. But that wasn't really something that the lesson that the lesson didn't really sink in until later okay that's like when i had more perspective on it and i was you know had climbed off the mountain making the movie with this one there weren't any like literally no conflicts at all with this whole movie which is great but there were producerial moments that i was frustrated with Mm -hmm. like one day we had a problem with getting lunch that was the day you were there oh and that really pissed me off but like it was Nah, you know, it was a, it was just a human error. It was just right. a mistake. Um, Directing-wise, in terms of the actors and the whole movie itself, there weren't any big problems. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, I, I knew this story like the back of my hand because right. I had been waiting two years to make it. Mm-hmm. And, like, I was ready to fight for this story because right. I loved the story. So yeah. I really had to climb through a lot of hurdles to get it made. So my favorite part of it was directing the actors. We rehearsed this movie like literally 10 times at least Mm -hmm. i drove up to la and we did like two to three hour sessions of rehearsing Mm -hmm. like 10 times so we they were the actors were ready and bruno was ready and it was it went pretty smoothly creatively right yeah that's that's good are you an more of an emotional person for your movies like what you know what i mean like do you do you get emotional a lot when you watch a movie or no not really very much when i watch a movie when i make a movie and i mean i'm more like trying to intellectualize my emotions because right. I have to communicate that to the actors. But when I watch movies, I cry like like a baby. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a problem communicating sometimes with actors or no? No, that's the one thing I'm, I think I'm... You're good at? Not, yeah, pretty much. What would be the key thing for young directors out there? Like, 
you know, I mean, I, other than communication, obviously, but like, what what else is there to 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 be um, to have a good uh, working uh, environment? Well, you know, I think that the one lesson that I don't really agree with that acting teachers or directing teachers teach is they tell the directors to give the actors a verb, which is kind of a simple way of not being result oriented because i agree so directors, a verb in the script or like, like a, a verb in the direction in the direction like attack him or uh-huh. do something to him like that's what they say because they don't want directors to be result oriented okay which is a good thing they shouldn't be result oriented unless it's a unless it's a moment that's surface level right like if you're making a comedy mm-hmm. and the joke needs to land a certain way mm-hmm then it's okay to be a little result-oriented because that's about the timing or that's about the action or mm-hmm. the physical comedy. If it's a musical moment, then also you can be a little result-oriented. But if it's an emotional scene, if it's a dramatic right. scene, or even if it's not, like, it's better to not be result-oriented. And for that, I always just explain to the actors why it is they're saying what they're saying. What in their life led them to this moment to say this line of dialogue? Mm-hmm. What is the reason? Give them the reason. Give them the explanation. I owe it to them. And wow. usually with my scripts, I know it because, I mean, at least I wrote it. And even <laughs> if it's something that I didn't write, I should know it because I, you know, if I'm directing the movie, then I've done my work. Right. Hopefully. That's the thing I tell people, act, uh, tell direct, or I would tell directors. And, like, yeah, just do their preparation. Mm-hmm. Um, so you mentioned that you like uh, musicals. Yeah. Uh, other than high school musical, what did you, do you have any, have you seen any other musicals? Or what's your favorite musical? Uh, yeah, I mean, my favorite musical movies, I love In the Heights, the one that came I out. I, I, I need to see that. I haven't seen it yet. It's so great. I also really enjoyed West Side Story, the remake. God, I haven't seen any of these. <laughs> I've been so busy, man. I haven't right, had time. Yeah, like this whole, uh, I mean, it's a crazy year. We are getting back back to work this this past year. So. Yeah. Um, I also love The King and I, which is a classic musical I really okay. love. And... In terms of Broadway, like there are a lot of mu- musicals I want to adapt in the movies, hopefully in the future. Mm-hmm. Like the Book of Mormon is really funny. <laughs> That'd be nice to see in a movie. Oh, great movie. And um, there's one called Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812, which is very obscure. I heard about that one. Yeah, that one's so great and so immersive. And I grew up in theater, and uh, my favorite um, musical was Fan Out of the Opera. Ooh, that's a great one. I wish I can turn that into a movie, but unfortunately, it's already been turned out it's into a movie. It's been done, and it's... they didn't do a great job. <laughs> I will. I love I, I loved the uh, Gerard Butler, though. I love them. You know, yeah. they it was good. Um, that was that was fantastic. Um, what's your favorite genre? Musicals. I mean, I would say musicals and R-rated comedies, and that's why Book of Mormon is the best thing for me to do. Yeah. <laughs> <'Cause it's laughs> so you don't go like action, rom- uh, romance, or anything Oh, like I mean, that. as a viewer, I watch everything. Every- I mean, the only genres I don't really like that much, I'm not that into horror, but I will watch. I literally watched a horror movie last night. I hate so horror. I can't watch horror. I'm not as like a, I won't watch a mediocre horror movie. I'll watch a good one or a great one. I, I can't watch any horror movie. I just <laughs> I, I I get too scared. I'm serious. I get too scared. Like The Conjuring, yeah. It. My friends one time asked me, "Hey, you want to go see It?" And I was like, "Hell no, hell no!" Like clowns? No, 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 no. I can't. I can't do that. Oh yeah. man, that's crazy. I mean, but yeah, I mean, uh, musicals. I literally watch everything that comes. And with comedies, mm-hmm. same thing. Because if it's not 
good, at least I can learn something from it. Right. But with Ed, I mean, my favorite franchise is Mission Impossible. Oh, yes. I mean, Do you like Tom Cruise? I love Tom Cruise. Yeah. I was at the premiere. I didn't see the movie, but I went to the premiere of Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol in <gasps> Dubai at the oh, film my. festival. God. And I got his autograph. No. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. How was he like? He was nice. He was really sweet. I yeah. Mean, like, um, he's shorter than I thought. <laughs> yeah, that's what my brother told me. I was like, one day I was like yeah. watching television, and my brother was like, "Hey, Kareem, you're uh, you're taller than Tom Cruise," and I'm like, "What? Okay, probably." <laughs> I was like, the next time I see him, let's uh, take a photo of him and see the yeah. height. height. Yeah. Oh, that's great. See the well, reason. See the reason why I do this podcast is because I want to be able to, be, you know, communicate better as a director too. Yeah. So sometimes it's like I got to be on the spot and I got to think. And I, it's, for me, it's difficult because I, I get so caught up in the conversation conversation and then i think of a, another question to ask but then like i space out and then i completely forget well one thing i was gonna mention since i mentioned meeting tom cruise at the dubai film yeah. festival that was one thing that also really got me more into movies was that film festival how old were you when you met him 11 11 and then i started going to the film festival in dubai every single year after yeah. that and i saw so many weird movies like like art house movies and right. awards season movies and that and then the final year i went before i moved to dubai right that was the last film festival they closed it the next year the, the government pulled the funding so wow like yeah that was one they have a, they have strict i mean obviously yeah it's a, i mean middle eastern country so they have a lot of strict uh, um, rules there for uh, the movies. Oh, yeah. Not in the film festival, though. They never cut anything. Oh, really? Artistic integrity, yeah. And now they're not cutting anything anymore. They're just... They introduced a higher rating. So right. it's going to be 21 plus for the... For the R-rated movies? Yeah, for this... It depends on what's in the R-rated movie. movies. If it's language, they don't care. Like, there was a movie I loved <laughs> that I saw when I was 11 called Carnage, which is based on a play. I and heard it's about it's literally that. four actors in a room talking for yeah. the whole movie. And it was rated R in America for language. Mm-hmm. It's literally rated G in Dubai. Not PG. G. G. <laughs> wow. I, I went to see it. And it was like a lot of families in the audience. And slowly, slowly, everyone started leaving. And it... I was sitting there loving it. I was yeah. like, this is writing. This is like just dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Do you ever um, see yourself maybe from five years from now? Or like... Well, not five years, but just down the road uh, submitting to a festival. Have you submitted oh, to a festival? I haven't because right. the last movie I did, the murder mystery musical one, right. that one had a lot of uh, like unlicensed things in the movie. I made that one to learn. Like mm-hmm. I just want to do a movie with a crew, and that's why we did it cheap. But And I might even try and send that to festivals. I'll see what I can do with the copyright. But with the movie that you worked on, literally... I cleared it all. like made sure there's nothing, nothing unsolicited no yeah. in the movie. And that one's definitely going festivals. And we're even going to get a 35mm print from London because there's a lab in London that wow. does prints even if the movie shot on digital. Uh-huh. We shot part of it on digital, right. part of it on film. And What'd you shoot it with? Um, oh, Bruno could answer that question. I don't know the camera exactly. Hello. I'm trying to remember what it was. Was it a Canon C3 something? That sounds familiar, yeah. I, I think, think that's the one you did. Like that. And but we shot part of it on Super Eight, just like a couple You're little right. scenes, and that was also really fun. Now, do you own yourself a, a camera too, or no? No, nothing. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's always a just like um, you know, Bruno has one, and um, the last movie I did, we just rented them, so I don't really own. So you don't own any cameras. Nope. Other than your phone. Nope. Yeah, just the phone. <laughs> Damn, I'm. So, I found I find that really surprising because typically, I mean, for me, I just I, I have to own like cameras. Yeah. I have to you know have like I ha- I gotta take photos. I gotta take you know what I mean. All this kind of stuff. So why why is that? Why you just didn't like? 
Just didn't want to? I don't know how to use them. <laughs> <laughs> wow. What would take it um, for you to be like, I've achieved it. I've made it. Getting like getting an Oscar, just making a movie and seeing it on, you know, seeing it in theaters or just being on set. Like, what is it? What would be like, oh, shit, I just made it. Well, you know, even though ideologically I am so pro movie theaters and I think right. that that should be the way people watch movies. In this day and age, I think that having a movie on Netflix yeah. would be kind of that would be the that's like a good goal for me. That's like something because yeah. the thing is in Dubai, in Dubai it was hard for me to watch a lot of movies like that I wanted to watch because right. I love the award season I love the Oscars mm-hmm. and a lot of those movies don't come out the same day they come out in America right. the blockbusters always do right, always right. Spider-Man whatever those come out day and date same in America same in UAE mm-hmm. but the awards movies people don't care about them as much in Dubai so it was always a struggle for me to find those movies so nowadays mm-hmm. people there you know, people like me over there are so lucky because all the Netflix movies whatever come out all over the world it's so accessible right but having a movie on Netflix mm-hmm. means you reached the widest possible audience right. you can. So I think that would be... Is it good. just Netflix or is it like Netflix, Amazon, Apple TV, like one of them? Or does it have to be Netflix? Honestly, one of them. Yeah. But I would say that since most people have, have Netflix, Netflix yeah. that is so easy. It's now, like, yeah. there, now, if you were, let's just say you got an idea, I don't know, after this podcast, you yeah. just got an idea and you wrote it and then you filmed it and then you got on Netflix, Netflix bought it. Now, would you have a theater release in your contract? Or if they say, no, we... Either you take our deal, we put it on Netflix, but no theater release. What would you think about that? Realistically, I have to bow down and say, take it. I mean, be, but if I was, you know, like Adam McKay, right. I would say, give me two weeks minimum in theaters. I want people like yeah. the, the idiots like me who will pay $10 <laughs> to see it. <laughs> like, I love going to the movie theaters. I know, man. man. It's such a good, I mean, I, I, I've sometimes like, I have ev- I have everything. I have Amazon, Netflix, HBO Max, like all of it because like I, I'm a movie buff. Like I, I got to watch everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just finished, like I just told somebody, I just finished two weeks ago uh, or a week ago, um, Game of Thrones. I just finished the whole entire series in a week. And I'm just like, see, I just, I got to keep yeah. up. So the thing is, this, this transition of us, you know, leaving the theaters is kind of scary because then what, you know what I mean? Like what's, what's going to happen next? Like, yeah. That's, that's that's insane. I yep. was screaming about it in 2019 before all the COVID stuff happened. I was like, this is where we're headed, guys. Right. Like, and you know what's sad is honestly, like, I feel like everyone in my film school, my friends included, don't really care about this. I mean, this is a big, big shift. Yeah. And I don't think we quite know yet if the, if the market will exists just, I mean, yeah. in a few years. I mean, and, and also we don't even necessarily know if this business model is sustainable in the long run. You don't know mm-hmm. yet because the the value right. of a movie mm-hmm. has decreased so much. Mm-hmm. People used to be willing to spend to spend ten dollars to yeah. watch a movie. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, no, I can watch ten movies tonight at my house right. with my Netflix subscription, right. which has more than enough for everybody. Mm-hmm. We might have like five streaming services. I think the average Joe doesn't. Oh, right. Maybe they have Amazon because they have the Amazon Prime itself. Right. Maybe Hulu, I don't know, but like I think most people just have Netflix. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And if there's something they really want to watch, maybe they'll go somewhere else. But so I have to ask this question. I know lots of people might. Uh, I mean, you might hate this question, but I think the fans want to know. 
If there are any fans, I don't know. I'm just doing this for myself. Um, DC or Marvel? DC. Why? Because they get... I mean, I'm not really that into comics or into movies. Uh And the movies they make are all very different. Like the Suicide Squad is very unique in its own way. And I love The first one or second one? The second one. I didn't see the first one. The (laughs) second one is amazing. And Joker was like unique, its own style, its Uh own vision. Like it was its own piece of art. I really loved it. Uh I also loved Birds of Prey. That was so underrated. That one was a good movie. I loved the action in that movie. Not that much, really. I didn't care that much about the story, but the action Uh and the style and the production sound was all amazing. And Shazam was like a fun kids movie. They even had like... Teen Titans go to the movies or whatever. That was really f- like Wait, fun. What? I, it was like a cartoon they made. Oh, and, oh, Teen uh, Titans go to the movies. It was like a movie they did. Uh, so yeah. I, I saw about that one. Yeah. Yeah, and then you know, obviously Dark Knight and the Batman and everything. So I'm a little more in DC. Uh, how about like Batman, like uh, Justice League? I never saw it. <laughs> you never saw Justice League. <laughs> how about the director's cut? No. <laughs> You never saw the director's cut. I gotta watch it, but I ha- it's like four hours long. Yeah, it's so but it's so worth it. I right? should watch. I heard it's very good. It's so good. It's Zack yeah. Snyder. Do you like? Are you a Zack Snyder fan? Yeah, I really enjoyed Three Hundred, mm-hmm. and I liked Army of the Dead. I thought the logic in that movie mm-hmm. for the characters was so off. Oh yeah, yeah. I saw that. I was, that was a weird. And it was movie. the same issue I had with his Dawn of the Dead remake. Was like the characters had no logic. Mm-hmm. They were so dumb. But that was great. What are you more DC or Marvel? I don't know. I just, yeah. uh, I mean, I, I watch always more. I mean, I'm watching more Marvel movies obviously now than DC. But I don't know. I just it. I'm waiting for Arrow, for oh. Green Arrow to come out. Uh-huh. Uh When and Green Lantern. Like I'm waiting for Green Lantern to come out. Yeah. I'll be, I mean. I love the respect with Ryan Reynolds. I love Ryan Reynolds, but you know <laughs> he I mean? doesn't even like them. <laughs> he, I know he doesn't even like that movie. But the thing is, is I, I, I grew up with the comics, yeah. and I've always seen the Green Lantern as a you know African and a black like a oh, black person. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, oh, okay. and I was like, I mean, at the time I didn't care because I wasn't really going into the you know I, uh, I say that I, I I joined the film industry late because I didn't really start dabbling into it until like I was in college which people say it's never too late I totally understand that but I kind of wish I'd started at a younger age because then I would have vast more knowledge than I know now but um yeah when I was watching tv like the Justice League cartoons on on television it was a black uh, um, green lantern and I would love to see that I would love to see Idris Elba play yeah. green lantern like that would be freaking awesome yeah he's an amazing actor you know, going back to the the movie theaters, there was a time where, or uh, a day where uh, the weekend. You know, the weekend, the artist. Yes, vaguely familiar. Vaguely, yeah. uh, do you, I mean, what? Well, I'll ask you this follow up question. But uh, he released. He was gonna release in the theaters his music videos, and he's known to have like really great, like over you know music videos and a lot of strobe lights and flashing, all that kind of stuff. But they pulled it because of the flash of the flashing. Because, you know, they were afraid that, you know, people would, yeah. you know, have seizures and all that kind of stuff, which I totally understand. But I would have loved to go into the theaters and watch his music video. And I think that's another scenario where we can actually get people to come to the theaters is, like, start submitting all these music videos for, like, at least a day, maybe, or a week maximum, maybe, for just the people to go see uh, music videos. Do you have a fond of, of music videos or no, not really? Yeah, I mean, for the music, uh, like, for... 
music videos or music in general that I like, I do I do enjoy the videos, and I think that they could easily like put those in front of a movie, like in the pre-show. Right. Like that's the thing is like I feel like the whole system of yeah, I think commercials and those system of, that movie theaters have is so rigid mm-hmm. in terms of what they want to show because of business, but. I think like they used to put the Michael Jackson thriller video in oh, front yeah. of movies back mm-hmm. in the eighties. I don't see why they couldn't do that now. Yeah. I feel like well, I I mean yeah because now the com- now the commercials are longer now, so oh, it's like yeah. the movie starts at eleven thirty, right? Like that's like you go oh, look at eleven thirty, okay, we're gonna go, okay, and it's eleven thirty, dude. That's when the commercials start, and the movie doesn't start for another thirty minutes. So in reality, the movie starts at like eleven at twelve. Literally, yeah. I mean, that's, that's crazy. I believe with AMC's, it's 22 and a half minutes. Oh, my God. I timed it. <laughs> oh, you did? I was like, oh, I'm going to time so the now commercial. <laughs> now, what, what kind of actually, a follow-up question, what kind of uh, music do you listen to? I'll be honest. I just really love musicals, like Broadway and yeah. stuff. That's kind of my... So just musicals, always musicals? I mean, if I'm here's the thing. If I'm by myself yeah. in the car, yeah. yes. <laughs> if I'm with friends and stuff, I like older, like like... Like 60s and 70s okay. rock. Who's your favorite artist? I love Josh Groban. Okay. And Daniel Powder. Um, you ever heard the song Bad Day? Like, you had a bad yeah. day. Yeah. That one. I, that singer. I feel like I need to get a record player in here. Yeah. And just, you know, <laughs> do you have one record player? I do have a record player. <laughs> how much, how, how, what, what kind? Um, Victrola. And I also have a cassette player. Wow. And I used to have a cassette player in my locker. Because uh-huh. my locker was all decked out, like Sam's locker and iCarly. Oh, my God. And I had a cassette player in there. And I That's had a whole so collection cool. to play music in the class uh, during break. But, um, yeah, I love, like, old stuff like that. But now you don't listen to anything modern, like, nowadays. Like, any of the, you know, Ariana Grande or anything <laughs> like that. Justin Bieber, No. Not no. really. I'm not. I don't. I don't I, everyone likes their own thing, and that's all right. Like not gonna. But you did yeah. say you went to a Victoria. Was it Victoria? I did go to a Victoria's concert in uh-huh. Big Time Rush. So because I was a big fan of the of her show and their show. Did you wait? Did you like you like Big Time Rush too? Yeah, I like that show. Like I, I wasn't as crazy I, about. It. I, I mean, I, I watched it, but I wasn't really into it Same. as much as you know, like everybody else is. But um, yeah, I was casual with Big Time Rush. It's not something I haven't like rewatched. <laughs> it's crazy. Are you do you do you play games? Video games? Not really. I, I had a Switch for a while, and yeah. I loved Mario Kart, mm-hmm. and I got too addicted to it. Oh, so yeah. So I had to I had to sell it. So no no Xbox, no PlayStation? Not really. So I'm much not. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a gamer, too. The last person I had on the podcast, he's a gamer. We had, I think, like two people that were gamers. Yeah. Do, you, um, uh, do you watch anime? Not that much, but I want to ask you, what's your favorite movie? Oh, that's a, that's a, you can't ask me questions. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, my, actually, my favorite movie is an oldie silent film. It's yeah. uh, Charlie Chaplin, uh, 1963 Modern Times. I love that one. I love the, um, the nonsense scene. Yeah. That was just so beautiful. It was just so, like, yeah. it's so poetic, you know, in a, in, a, in a certain way, you know what I mean? Like, like, there's no, you know, it's a silent film, but it's not a silent film, like, you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah, I just love that. I mean, yeah, the thing I love about him is, like, all his movies are so universal. Like, yeah. anyone in the world can laugh at the same joke. Mm-hmm. Like, same with Mr. Bean. Yeah. That's why Arabs love Mr. Bean. <laughs> <laughs> and Tom and Jerry and all that stuff. Man, that's, that's good. Um, What else... What else did you watch as a, as a kid? Let's see. Powerpuff Girls? <laughs> no. <laughs> no? I love Powerpuff I Girls. Know, one of my best friends loves that show. Yeah. I, lo- um, I mean, I wish they would bring it back, but no. Yeah. I mean, I loved SpongeBob. Oh, and, yeah. I mean, in terms of movies, like, I, I mean, I, I really, like, the one thing I love about the Oscars is, like, when I used to watch that when I was 11, yeah. I didn't know what all the different 
departments and all the different jobs that right. people did in movies. But uh -huh. then when the presenters would come out and present yeah. the awards, they uh -huh. would say, the costume designer does the blah, blah, blah. <laughs> the original screenplay is, the, oh, it's the writer. Oh, I get it now. So I would like look at the Oscar nominees every yeah. year and I would watch literally everything. Wow. Literally everything. Like in 2011, that was the first time I watched the Oscars. And I went and watched The Artist, which was a silent movie. Mm -hmm. and oh, somebody was talking about that the other day, The Artist. Yeah. What was... That's not the one. With, Robert Downey Jr. is not in that one, right? No. That, who's it? It's like Jean Dujardin. He's not that famous, but it's a, it's a French film. It's a French. Okay, that's yeah. what I'm talking about. Uh, um, the artist, and or I think he was saying the art of life or something like that, but yeah. I can't remember. No, yeah, it's it's basically a silent movie, but they made it in 2011, right? And they made it exactly like in the old style, and it won the Oscar for best picture, um, and. Yeah, I mean, I would literally watch the Oscars every single year. So Have you ever been to the Adobe Theater? Yes, I saw a musical there. And what musical? It, uh, My Fair Lady. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah which was, you know. Uh, <laughs> no, that was good. It was good. Uh, <laughs> I, enough. Like, now, you can't take photos on the Adobe Theater. You can. You can. It was so much smaller than I thought. Like you go it's in, interesting because I went on yeah. a field trip and I, we were not allowed to take any photos. Really? Yeah, well, no photos. In, yeah. Oh. Well, like, I can't take photos during the show, but I just took some. Uh, in the hallway too yeah wow that's yeah. weird i was surprised it's nice but it's so small so much smaller than you'd think do you have any uh posters in your room oh yes what are the posters you have in your room i have one for my movie that i did last year oh i need i need one can i have one yeah because <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna pull one up here <laughs> and i got tons of like classic movie posters i have yeah um dawn of the dead mm -hmm. is one of my favorite posters i have the exorcist halloween yeah um I have uh, Easy Rider, which I don't love the oh. movie, but I like the poster. <laughs> so I had the book for the, somebody recommended me. Uh, one of my professors from Cal State Long Beach recommended me the book from. Uh, uh, it's called Easy Risers, or Easy yeah. Rider. I haven't um, read it yet, but I'm, I gotta get time to. Yeah. I don't read, so, so there's something about me I don't read. I, I have like you know I went crazy in the pandemic. I was like I'm gonna start reading. I'm gonna start reading, and I did. Like I had like a streak a week of just reading, reading, reading. I would finish one book in a week and then do the next one, and then I, and then I'm like. After a while, it's just like, okay, I don't want to do this anymore. You know you should try is get the audio book. Yeah. And then read at the same time. Yeah. And then eventually you don't need the audio. You put it away and then you just keep flipping. I should try doing it that. It makes you go I need, to start pushing my, I need to start pushing myself and start doing that more, but I don't. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's honestly the same. Like, I, um, I, I pretty much I only listen to audio books right. like, at this point. Like, I did that, like, for, for, like, the only books I sit down and read are yeah. the ones that don't have the audio. <laughs> That's funny. Like textbooks. So I, I hate to be a buzzkill, but if you were not in the film business, what would you be doing right now? I think I'd be doing something entrepreneurial like my dad. Yeah. I think that's – see, I, I'll be honest. I did not get any of my like film sensibility or yeah. creative sensibility from my parents. Yeah, I didn't get that but, either. But I got like from my dad like the the – like business mindset right. of like do it yourself go out yeah. and take the risk and bet on yourself and be the active person mm -hmm. because really like like no, again what's back to what i said earlier no one's gonna force you to do anything right yeah <laughs> what, what, if you don't mind me asking yeah. what would you, what did your dad do for he he owns a f chain of pharmacies in okay Dubai. that's why he was a pharmacist in arizona okay and he wanted to do his own business so, but he over here there's all this Walgreens and CVS and right. all these big franchises. So he tried doing it in Dubai and it worked out well. So 
that's what he does. And honestly, like, if I wasn't in the film business, I'd probably just take over that. Yeah. But I kind of want to make something for myself. And, mm-hmm. like... Yeah. Uh, like, with the movie that I that I just made, like, we're, when it, when we release it, we're launching a production company with it. Oh, wow. Yeah. What's the name of the production company? Scorpion Cocktail Productions. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> How did you come up with that name? Well, uh, basically, like, I was chatting with my friend Luke about potential titles for, the, for this movie. Right. And there's a moment in the movie that someone drinks a scorpion flavored pina colada uh-huh. and we were thinking of t- we were like he's like what if you call it that i was like i don't think we're gonna call the movie that but that could be the production company because all my movies are like a cocktail of everything right. i like <laughs> that's so, so funny my friend uh has his company's name is anna wood productions yeah. and uh um i was going to, i went to his house and he sent me his address and his address is anna wood's so, cause he, yeah. so he used his street name. That's that's the name of his uh, production. Nice. I find that very interesting. Yeah. I for me, I yeah. my company. Well, I have this was the podcast called Open Box Productions, mm-hmm. and then I have my business film. I I don't see me. I don't like a business. I don't. I hate doing business. I may I may dive into it. Like I may not know that I'm diving into a business, and then when I start realizing that oh, this is becoming a business. I deviate from that. I just I don't like to have the business mindset, but sometimes I get stuck and then I just weave a path and I just end up there and I'm just like, oh, I hate it. I just I I, I hate because then it doesn't feel re, it doesn't feel um, that I that I'm doing what I love anymore because I I love film, but film to be honest, film is a business. I mean, film today nowadays is like, what can we franchise? What can we make the most money? I mean, for example, Knives Out. Uh, Daniel Craig and the director are both getting what a hundred million dollar payout for their second movie or whatever because Netflix bought it. Yeah. So it's like now it's like it's about the money. I mean, money is nice. Don't get me wrong, money is nice, but it's just sometimes it gets a little stressful when you just think about oh how much money am I gonna make? How much? Yeah, it's just yeah, all that kind of stuff. Well, yeah, I mean it's, I mean being a filmmaker, you're an artist, right? So. This shouldn't, it's not like, you know, when people sign up to do this, they're not really um, expecting to do that. And I think, I mean, for me, like, I always, I kind of had to, like, accept from an early age, like, right. like that I'm telling my parents, like, no, this is like a business. Like, <laughs> so that everyone would take it seriously because mm-hmm. I don't want them to think I'm just running around with a camera. I mean, I think that, honestly, like, I think that once you get to a certain point, yeah. you don't have to worry about all the business stuff if you don't want to. But I think that, at least for me, like, honestly, I, I don't really mind the business stuff. But it's not, it's it's like, again, what I said, it's right. like when I'm in creative mode, if I'm making a movie in the future, I really don't want to be worrying about producing or the release or anything like right. marketing. I think that I'd want to be taken care of by a good studio, hopefully someday, <laughs> and not have to worry about that. But there are, like, like for example, with some of my friends, like, yeah. they always have, like, really good scripts. And I'm like, oh, I could help and make this. Like, right. I could pr- produce this and get this off the ground for them. So, like, I would like to have a production company one day that I can um, have for myself and mm-hmm. for other people. But, yeah, I mean, the, the business stuff is, like, in terms of release, that yeah. I don't know nothing about. I mean, <laughs> with this movie, I'll be learning about, like, how to yeah, send it to festivals and stuff. Yeah, distribution. Yeah, yeah, all that yeah. kind of stuff. I even want to try to get on Amazon, to be honest, and Netflix if I can. I think Amazon and Netflix both have, like, the website where they have a criteria of what is re- is what is needed to submit your film. Like, yeah. this has it has to be in this format, this way, this way, that way, all that kind of good stuff. Yeah, I'm going to um, try and do that. Uh, do you have any memorabilia? 
Oh, tons. tons. Oh, yeah, talk about them. Like, I got um, a lot of playbills, which are like when you go to see a Broadway show, you get a little program, Dude, yeah. you get autographs and I have stuff. From all, from all my high school, so I was in, like I said, I was in theater in high school, and we did, all, I did all the shows. I did Xanadu, I did uh, oh, Saigon, nice. I did nice. um, uh, Fusion. Fusion is like a dance show. Yeah. Spam a lot. We did like all kinds of shows, and we, I would save all the playbills, but yeah. What what kind of what, what like what plays like name five? Uh, I I got like uh, like all the classics that I love like Hamilton yeah and, and Wicked and Waitress but also I got a lot of like Quentin merchandise Quentin like yeah. got like action figures from Django and Inglorious <laughs> and Hateful Eight and um, a bunch of other stuff but you know I was gonna ask you like were your parents cool with you like wanting to be a director? Or? My dad wanted me to be a doctor because he was a doctor. Yes. So in, in, for those who don't know in the Middle Eastern culture you gotta be a, apparently a lawyer. Doctor? A lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> it's like ranked like this. Doctor, <laughs> engineer, yeah. lawyer, a hundred jobs <laughs> and then director. <laughs> <laughs> well there is um, there's a comedian on Netflix I don't know maybe you should watch it. It's, uh, his name is uh, Riyad Musa. Maybe, I don't know if you've heard of him. He's a South African mm-hmm. um, comedian. He's Muslim too, and he uh, says he made a joke where he's like, uh, his dad came up to him and said, "Listen, you can do whatever you want in this life as long as you become an orthopedic surgeon first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no pressure, right? Yeah. That's his joke. Literally, he says it word for word. That's yeah. his joke. Um, but yeah, no, um, yeah, my dad was a doctor. Um, I, uh, he wanted me to be a doctor. I tried it. I majored. Man, I changed my major like five times in college, which is typical. People change their majors. You know, I changed. I went from bio major. No, I went from chemical major, uh, or chemistry major to bio major, from bio major to health science major, and then from health science major to nutritionist, and then from nutritionist to psychologist, and from psychologist to film. Yeah. <laughs> so I just went all the way. Um, yeah, but uh, my mom's a public speaker. And uh, no, my mom is very. My mom is mostly the most supportive person uh, for uh, for me to become a filmmaker. Uh, father was a little, you know, doctor, doctor. Well, yeah, I mean, literally, like you can't, like you can't force yourself to do something you don't want to do. Yeah, it you was really. Can't. It was difficult. I was, I was trying to, I was trying to force myself to become a doctor. Like yeah. I was trying to learn my, like I was, I was, I was so eager to try and take all these bio classes and all these health classes, but I just, I couldn't do it. I was just like, I'm not. I mean, I'm not smart. I mean, like, fuck, I, I, I don't know anything. Uh, for school, no, I, I hated school. Like, do you, do you, are you, are you actually, do you like school? Are you a person that loves school? Well, I hated high school, man. I yeah. mean, I liked some of the classes, like business and econ were right. nice and English was nice, but overall, I just, I'm not great at studying and focus. I can focus on stuff I like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like history of film, A+. Plus. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, uh, you know, I, I was, I, I would always focus on, like, I was surprised. I took an art class, uh, Art 107 at Orange Coast College, Introduction to Art. Yeah. I mean, it's an intro class. Intro classes are fucking easy. But I, I was so surprised because for me as a person that, like, you know, had a hard time in school and all that kind of stuff, I was like, I got an A in, in, in art. Like, I know art, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I took, uh, um, like, the Renaissance of, like, 1985 or something like that and all those, you know, avant-garde and all that good stuff. And I actually actually had a fun of them. And I, and I went kind of crazy and I bought more books of art. And at the same time, art actually reflects us, or not reflects, but actually motivates us as filmmakers to understand how back then, like, I, I my favorite... Obviously Rembrandt, 
I mean, we've always heard of uh, Rem- Rembrandt lighting, right? Yeah. That you could do your do you use Rembrandt lighting sometimes or no, not really? Uh, not sure. <laughs> no, oh, you're not you're not a cinematographer. Not yeah. really. <laughs> well, I, mean, I tell them how I like it to look and whatever. Yeah. yeah. How actually, you know, that's a good question. How how do you portray like if you're talking to your cinematographer, like what do you tell them? Like for just for the movie that you just recently yeah. did, you know, how do you tell them like I want it this way? How do, you know what I mean? Well, I usually draft the first draft of the shot list by myself. Oh wow! And then yeah, just like I write it like a script of like what I want in each shot and mm-hmm. why I want it to look that way, and then I just communicate it with him and tell him like, um, like I'm usually more about like framing and like right. what like if it's gonna be handheld or gimbal or some sticks like mm-hmm. what I want, and then here is ideas on lighting pretty much. Right. I mean, like I'm. I realized, like, on this movie that I, I like flat lighting, but he encouraged me to, like, do more, more shadows and stuff. And I was like, yeah, I think when you showed it to me, I liked the way it looked. But honestly, like, I'm yeah. more, like, like let him do his job kind mm-hmm. of thing. Like, wow. the only thing that I was very keen on was when we shot the couple scenes that we shot on film. Mm-hmm. I was like, hey, we'll do it like that. But <laughs> even there, he did all the lighting and stuff, so that's yeah. all him. Do you do now, so you did the shot list, do you do storyboard yourself too? No, I don't storyboard at all. Why? I, I, one of the master classes I took very early on was Werner Herzog. Herzog, yes! I was <laughs> waiting. He's like, oh. Sto- storyboards are for amateurs. That is my favorite director <laughs> of all time. Man. I love him. I He's want, awesome. I bought all his books. Yeah. I bought all of them. I yeah. plan to read them before I die. I don't yeah. know when. Yeah. And I loved... Have you seen Lessons of Darkness? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I, I've seen so many of his documents during the master class. I think I saw them. Oh, my God. Yeah. Have you seen him uh, uh, eat his shoe? Yes. Eating his shoe. I love how he's cooking it and he's just eating his... Oh, my God. Yeah. The, I mean, uh, he's just a phenomenal director. Yes. Like, he's, I mean, like his style is just so interesting. Um I, I haven't seen I haven't seen his movie uh fuck what's it called uh the one with the boat and he and it's got to go over the mountain. Fitzgeraldo, or no, no that's not Fitzgeraldo. No. Um, I know what you're talking about. Agiti? No, it's not Agiti. Damn it! Yeah, see, yeah, I it's, to, it's the I one with the boat. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Somebody Google search it. They're trying to move the boat up. The They're trying to move the boat. Yeah. Like it was uh he had Mick Jagger, right? Yeah. <laughs> he had Mick Jagger starring in, uh as this main actor for yeah. the film where it was about a guy who wanted to bring the opera to the wilderness or to the Uh i don't know yeah and there's a documentary about him making that movie yes and it was great like he man he did like crazy story like crazy stories where like one guy got bitten by a one of the most poisonous snakes ever and one guy with a chainsaw just cut off his leg immediately like oh my god i hope i don't see that in the documentary but (laughs) i plan to watch it did you take the master class i did good i took his master class and i kind of i want to I want to, like, find a way where I can, like, have it from forever. I'll send it to you. <laughs> oh, yeah, you have it? Yeah. Oh, my God. Because I took the, cause I paid for the class, and I yeah. paid for all of them, but then I had the membership, and then, like, yeah. I canceled the membership because I was, like, I wasn't going to use it all. But, um, yeah, I just, but I just, I want his classes, you know? Yeah. My f- a friend of mine took, uh, found uh, the class of, uh, not David Fincher. David Lynch. Yeah. A Lynch, David I didn't Lynch. Take the Lynch one. Yeah, uh, I have David Lynch's classes. Oh my God, have you have you heard of David Lynch? Yes, I've seen Mulholland Drive. Yeah, I Blue Velvet. I haven't seen Blue Velvet. I'm not as into Lynch, <laughs> no. but maybe I'll see something else and I'll get into it. There's he made yeah. his, I the one that I saw that was really interesting was the the monkey. 
on Netflix. Oh, the yeah, the short film. Yeah, the short film. David Lynch like talks to a monkey. Yeah, he talks to a monkey. Like that was really trippy and really yeah. interesting. But actually, su- surprisingly, like it wasn't like you know when you watch a movie sometimes and you're like, what the hell am I watching right now? Yeah. That wasn't that wasn't that moment because to me that moment was like, dude, this is really interesting. Like, what is going on here? Like, we have a monkey and he's inter- he was interrogating the monkey and it's like this is really interesting. Um. Yeah. And th- and you know that he did that he did that in his basement. Uh, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> he did that in his freaking basement. Yeah. I love those directors. See, I I have uh, I have another friend of mine that I think he has this gift. Uh, he's one of the members of the podcast, um, uh, Tan. And uh, what I see sometimes in his work um, is that he uses less. And, and, and he makes something incredible. And I've seen that in so many other filmmakers in that, you know, you don't need to buy, like, all this gear. Unfortunately, I did it wrong. I, I don't know me. I just go crazy and I buy oh, a lot of gear. Um, but I kind of um, took a step back and I was like, okay, maybe I should stop buying gear and just focus on the craft at hand and develop my skills a little better. Use the tools that I have with me right now and then when I create enough work that I'm proud of, then I can buy more gear and you can do that. But at the same time, it's like, no, you know, he's, he's uh, rented, you know, gear from other people or he's asked, you know, favors or he's able to create stuff out of scratch. And I thought that was very, very interesting. Do you, do you sometimes do that to yourself or no? Like, I mean, uh, you create, I mean, actually technically you created your props, right? Oh, I I production design everything I've done and I love it. I mean, it's amazing. Like, to be honest, it's more, um, like, I think that one thing that's a sign of a really good director is yeah. that they have a very high standard for what they put in front of the camera. Like, every shot, like, it doesn't need to be perfect. You right. don't need to be a maniac uh-huh. and, like, to put people in danger or anything. Right. But, like, like I, I like to think I have a very high standard for, like, what I think is, like, fil- is worthy of being filmed. Right. And that doesn't mean it needs to be, like, the crazy gear and you're getting the best shots or whatever it's more like i mean you've heard this a million times but it comes down to the story like because that's yeah. really what the audience cares about at the end of the day is like the the characters and the story the actors like that's kind of right. what they're what's really gonna if you make them care about the characters within the first five minutes of a short film yeah they'll watch it no matter how long it is because yeah. the movie that i made like the the, the last one i made the whodunit that was a 30-page script. The movie turned out to be 20 minutes, and everyone told me you should cut it down to 15 minutes because wow. no one's going to accept it into festivals or no one's going to watch it if it's longer than 15 minutes for yeah. short film. I said, well, everyone who I showed it to said it was very like <laughs> fast-paced and it flew by. Yeah. I mean... I like, get that, you know, I get that yeah. a lot too from other people where they told me, you know, I've made a, a some film and I thought it was too long, but then I... I am like I want I like it how it is, but then yeah. they're like nobody's gonna accept it because it's too long. Mm-hmm. Or you get those, or you get those like you know respectfully you know those you know professors or you know your your peers whatever um, that like say yeah the you know always keep your films short don't go and don't make them too long because then nobody's gonna accept them. And I'm like, well, I mean that's that's my yeah. film. Like, I mean a lot of people really, and this goes back to what we're talking about with school. Yeah, a lot of people think inside the box yeah. because. 
in school, at least in my school, I won't speak for everyone else's, but like we were taught to memorize yeah. and then go to the exam and copy paste. Yeah. We just accept these facts as this is the truth. This is what we're learning and we're not going to challenge it. We're not going to understand. Okay, we don't it. care to understand it. We're just accepting it and then go and copy paste it. We just accept these norms and these rules. But what a great, a sign of a great director is someone who, um, well, is a leader, but also thinks outside the box and thinks for the, and Thinks for themselves, right. and I'm trying to critical thinking. Right, if yeah, they're yeah. critical thinkers, right. that is a key, because I mean the movie that I like, we're, I'm editing now, we're making now is, it's going to be like 30 minutes. Wow. I mean the script is 35 pages, and everyone told me like no, like like the the reason I'm glad I didn't yeah. major in filmmaking and Chapman instead I chose screenwriting is because the film prod majors, they they have to make a thesis yeah. that has to be 12 to 15 pages long. Okay. That, for what? Level of difficulty of the film does yeah. not go to um, the length of the script. It's what's in that script. Mm -hmm. Like, the last movie I did was 30 pages. It, we shot it in two weekends, the same as a thesis. Mm -hmm. We did 12-hour days, two weekends. We got yeah. it done. We actually finished ahead of schedule. We had five days. We did four and a half. Wow. On this movie, we took our schedule. <laughs> we did it. We took our time. We took the yeah, time. Yeah, but I think we, we did it in five days, and now we're doing two little pickups for two short scenes. That's, yeah. um, yeah. So I guess maybe seven days. You have seven. to say. <laughs> 35 pages, seven days is not bad. Wow. Yeah. All right. Um, Zach, I want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you. Um, before, last, lastly, before we leave, uh, I know you probably mentioned it once or twice, but you know, just you know, I like to do it again at the very, very end. But uh, what's the best advice you like to give to young filmmakers? The best advice is hmm. long, dramatic pause. <laughs> Try it and see if you like it. Okay, I like that try it and see if you like it and then lastly uh shout out if you want to give a shout out to uh you know your instagram twitter or whatever yeah my instagram and youtube channel are just my name it's zach with the ck abdulbaki a b d u l b a k i and you can also follow the movie i'm making which is called down in the mexicali on nice. instagram keep up to date with it. thank you thank you for coming Appreciate it. I appreciate you, man. Thank I you for having you come, me. Hope you come back next time. I will. I will. Anytime. Thank you. All right. Bye.